All right, David, you want to give me some, I don't know, just tell me what you had for breakfast this morning. Uh, protein shake. <laughs> protein shake. You sound, We're just testing, right? Yeah, you sound, <laughs> sound healthier than me. And you're surrounded by bourbon in a restaurant. Um, you really got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, it is episode 218 of Bourbon Pursuit. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny. And as usual, let's hit some news. Barrel Craft Spirits, you know Joe, you hear him on the podcast all the time. They have announced their first ever Barrel American Vatted Malt. It's a blend of exclusively American single malt whiskeys, which we've actually become quite big fans of single malts on the show recently. And Barrel has partnered with small and large producers across the country to select whiskeys that express the full diversity of American terrier and style. This release was years in the making, and as many of the components in the blend come from emerging distilleries that have never traded or sold bulk whiskey on the market before. And this is coming from Joe, who you've heard on plenty of times as we said before. In addition to expanding our ever-growing portfolio of spirits, this new project is also an important step in advancing our vision in the next chapter of Whiskey in America. We'd love to hear your reviews and your thoughts on it, so make sure you comment and let us know. Now, Smooth Ambler is relaunching their Old Scout brand. This is the same brand that we all knew about when it was sourced from MGP, and now this is the new return of an MGP product. It is now a five-year-old MGP bourbon and will be bottled at 99 proof and widely available in the U.S. starting in the fall of 2019. We have a whiskey quickie where we review the new Old Scout that will be published here in just a few short weeks. The NAWR, or the National Association of Wine Retailers, has put out an article stating that after the Tennessee Wine Supreme Court case ruling that we've talked about so much on this podcast is saying that there are 21 states in violation of the Constitution. Wine shipping laws in these 21 states violate the Commerce Clause with their bans on wine shipments from out-of-state wine retailers. The case mandates that states may not pass protectionist laws that discriminate against out-of-state wine stores and retailers by banning them from shipping wine to consumers. Now, lawsuits have been challenging these bans on wine shipments from out-of-states are now underway in Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, Michigan, Missouri, New Jersey, and Texas. The remaining states with unconstitutional wine shipping laws are California, Idaho, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and Washington State. Lawmakers in the other 14 states that we just mentioned need to take it upon themselves to start fixing their shipping laws. You can read this article in our show notes. Now, today's podcast wasn't intended to air for quite some time. David Mandel had previously been a guest in the podcast way back on episode 19. And as Ryan would say, that's when we sucked. But this past week, I saw Bardstown Bourbon Company's Instagram that there had been a leadership change. David is taking a step back and they've hired a new president and CEO, Mark Irwin. Irwin actually was part of the Bardstown Bourbon Company and was part of their board earlier this year. And he comes from a long history in the US Army and investment groups. Now I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about more about Mark in the future, but this podcast is all about David. And it's been a pleasure to watch him spearhead this movement from years ago into what Bardstown Bourbon Company is today. The growth of this company has seen has been tremendous, and you're gonna hear about it relatively shortly, as well as some of the new product offerings. However, it looks like David wanted to go out with a blast because today also marks the grand opening of the new visitor experience at the Bardstown Bourbon Company. The expansive development includes curated tours, cocktail classes, exclusive tastings, and multiple private event spaces. Guests can choose from multiple levels of experiences, including the main event, which is a one hour fully immersive tour, and the Bardstown Bourbon Company's Best, which is a top tier 90 minute tour featuring sensory exercises, cocktails, and a personal tour given by the master distiller, Steve Nally. The sensory exercises will allow visitors the opportunity to examine distillate, taste how bourbon ages, and learn how it is used in finished products. 
The tours will showcase Bardstown Bourbon Company's experimental distilling process of 40 mash bills for over 24 customers. Guests will also be able to enjoy the Visitor Center, which is adjacent to the Rick House Tasting Bar, which is also surrounded by stacks and rows of Kentucky bourbon barrels, where they will thieve whiskey straight from the barrel. Visitors, you can book your online experience right now on bardstownbourbon.com, and you can read more about all this in our show notes. All right, let's kick off the show. Let's hear from Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. If you follow me on Instagram, you might have caught me in a story where I did a live tasting. And I was testing uh, the, the New Orleans glass versus the Glencairn. Obviously, this is something very unique. You cannot really do a tasting uh, objectively because you're touching the glass. You have a feeling of what it should taste like. And inherently, you're going to like how one glass looks more than the other. So what I did was is I blindfolded myself with a bandana and I had someone pour the whiskey in my mouth. Now, this is... It, this is going to sound weird, but I actually could not tell which glass was which by the way it was touching my lips. At least initially, when Jessica did it a second time, she like crammed the, the glass of my upper lip. So thankfully, um, I did not uh, cut my lip. Anyway, the results were really fascinating to me in that I liked the Glencairn more because it gave me more surface area coverage on my tongue. Whereas like the Norlands glass, which is very, very nice looking, it came in like a direct point onto my palate, like a bead, like shooting onto the palate. And I would have to work to get the whiskey all over the place. Now, this is good and bad. It's good if you are a whiskey that you're trying to mask, like how you feel in the different parts of the tongue because you're going in on a very narrow trajectory. And it's bad if you're like me and you're trying to be uh, analytical of the whiskey because you're not getting the full surface coverage that you want. Now, I on the aromatic side, I also noticed that the New Orleans glass only offered up, you know, some of the more prominent notes. Like it wouldn't let me really assess the spirit as much as like the Glencairn. And what I mean by that is that with the Glencairn, I got layers of the aromatic properties. Like I could tell what the various notes were and what they smell like. With the New Orleans, I got one note and then a bunch of little bitty other ones, but I could not really discern what some of those other little bitty ones were. Now, some of this may be, I typically drink with the Glencairn, so I'm more used to how that hits my nose. So preference definitely comes into here. But I'm asked all the time, what glass should you use? And it really all depends on the moment. You can drink bourbon out of a solo cup and it would be great if you're with your buddies. So I would say, let's not focus so much on things like the glassware, and let's focus more about who we're drinking it with. Now, if you're if you're being analytical and you're wanting to do these blind tastings, you need to have like a consistent glass. But if it's just hanging out with your buddies, your old college friends, the glass doesn't matter. The company does. And that's this week's Above the Char. Hey, if you want to catch my Instagram stories, make sure you're following me on Instagram. It's at Fred Minnick. Again, at Fred Minnick. Until next week, Cheers. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 000273.
Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of bourbon. Kenny here today, riding solo as we are at Bardstown Bourbon Company. And this is talking to a guest that you may have heard a long, long time ago. This was back on episode 19. This is when we were starting to break ground, when they were starting to break ground. It was quite a while ago. So the journey on both ends has been... Uh, explosive in growth, which is fantastic to see on on both sides of the table here. And uh, if you hear some clinging, some silverware going on, it's because we're in their their main restaurant here. And you're going to hear more about that, more about really what's happened here, what are the big plans for everything that's going on, more as we start diving down this, this path. So today on the show, I have David Mandel. You might have remembered him from back on episode 19. He is the president, CEO, and one of the co-founders of Bardstown Bourbon Company. So David, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Kenny. You know, it, I'll tell you, it's remarkable because when you think back to episode 19, where we're sitting right here, none of this existed. Mm-hmm. And we had an empty room, you know, and we were just getting up and running. And it really is incredible. And I just want to congratulate you on your tremendous growth. I think you guys are the leading bourbon podcast out there, aren't you? Well, we are. And and thank you so much for saying that. Uh, you know, we've, we've gone through a lot of growth as well. I mean, like I was saying at the, we started this, it, we were, we were episode 19. Like this is, we do with these every week. And I was thinking like, holy crap, that's years ago. And I was thinking of like, wait, you, you guys didn't even put a shovel in the ground yet. When we started talking about this, it was, this was all just like press release. It was a pie in the pie in the sky kind of idea. And like, how are we going to execute on this? God, that is right. I mean, you were here, that was before we actually even had the building finished. So that's tremendous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's tremendous. Yeah. So I guess uh, a few years later, How's it going? Well, I mean, you look around here, it is really, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, oftentimes we sit back and we say, you know, how did we do this? And I'll tell you, it is, it's going incredibly well. You know, since that day, more than three years ago now, you know, we have built um, one of the largest distilleries in the country. We ha- do custom whiskey production now for 24 different companies. We'll do 40 different mash bills. We have probably one of the most sophisticated uh, whiskey distilleries in the world. We've built an award-winning restaurant and bar here in the middle of the rest in the middle of the facility. We're opening a visitor center and an experience. We've got uh, some really aggressive plans for bottling and a hotel coming, and it, we could not be more excited. Holy smokes, that's a lot of stuff going that's a lot on. Of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, I I remember if I if I remember the one of the first things that we even talked about, or maybe it was like a, uh, it was a rumor that, that even said, I was like, even before like the doors were opened, you all had basically contracted out. I mean, cause let's, let's also make sure we set the precedent that the, the, the goal of what Bardstown Bourbon Company is, is that you are a, a large contract distiller for anybody that wants to come and, and make their own bourbon, right? Yeah, and I'll put a little bit of a twist on that because what's, what is interesting is we're a celebration of the entire craft of making whiskey. So we bring everybody together here, distillers, enthusiasts, lovers, you know, and the community. And we do that in our collaborative distilling program in the restaurant and bar. As you can see around you, we serve everybody's products um, and you find ours through the lens of everybody else. And we're really about that. But when you go back to the, we call it the collaborative distilling program, because I'd make a distinction between that and custom. It is a exclusive program. If you're accepted into it, you then get the ability to have us showcase your product. If you look, we sell everything from Jefferson's to Kentucky Al to many of the companies that we produce for. They're integrated into our cocktail menu. Then they can bring their guests, the distributors, the retailers here. This is their home. So it is a bit different, but you're right. Before we opened our doors, we sold out the first 25,000 barrel capacity of the distillery. We expanded to 50,000 barrels. Six months later, then 130,000 barrels. 
uh, about six months after that. And we have almost all of that effectively under contract for the next five years. It's mm-hmm. been a remarkable program. I mean, it just it just goes to show you like how big this boom is really getting that everybody really wants to get into this action because, yeah, I mean, like that's that's an incredible number of of whiskey that you all are, are producing and people are saying, yes, let's, I want to gobble this up. Like I want to be a part of this. Um, so where does, where's like the, uh, I, so, I mean, those are, those are impressive numbers to begin with, right. Of, of kind of like how it was and how it was all contracted out, I guess, kind of give me the, give the rundown of, if, if I'm Joe Schmo and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm ready to do this. I really want to get into, get mm-hmm. into the whiskey game. Mm-hmm. They, they call, hey, hey, David, heard you on the podcast. Like, what's what's the next step we take here? So the, the answer to that one is going to be, um, we're not the right, we're probably not the right provider for you. <laughs> so um, we get a lot of those calls. We get them every day. But I think, you know, the beauty of our program is that we produce for great brands. So one of the, you know, one of the primary considerations, if you you need to even be considered, is you've got to have a great brand and it's got to be on the market. Um, You've got to be a company that has been in the industry. That's who we focus on. That's why we only produce for 24 different companies right now. We've turned away over the last several years, you know, more than obviously that we've accepted. We get those calls every day. There are many options still out there for people like that, you know, that want to get in the business, have never been in it before. Um, They're much smaller options. We're not the option for them. But, um, you know, what's been most exciting for for us is how we have really changed the the whole kind of dynamic and landscape of the contract whiskey production you know market and um, it's that it's that program and it's been really really exciting yeah I mean it's 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 fun right because other than you all like there's only like a few places where you could go and do something like this you know let me tell you what I think is one is, mo- is one of the most exciting things about it when you look at what happens in that distillery, we bring together, of those 24 companies, we have massive companies and we have some small craft distilleries and a number of them in the middle. They're all working together with us there. We've got their teams coming in and we're learning every day. They're learning, we're learning. We're pushing innovation, we're balancing art and science, but we're pushing innovation. It's all happening in there. We're sharing best practices and that's making our team better. And the result of all that is now coming out in our brands. So we're taking all that knowledge that we have created in a short period of time, doing a lot of innovation, and you're seeing that now come forward in our brands. That's never going away. The collaborative distilling program is a core piece of who we are. It's something that will drive innovation, drives, you know, has us pushing the edge all the time. But that's really one of the most interesting, I think, and exciting pieces of what's happening here is by having everybody work together, you've never had that before in the whiskey industry in one place. Absolutely. Most of the time it's like, uh, hey, David, here, here's the mash bill I want. Go make it. Well, and, you know, even more than that, what you had in the past was you had effectively, you know, a couple of companies. You had one where you got to choose one of three different mash bills and you got it. Great whiskey, great bourbon, but there wasn't a lot of choice. Or you had, you know, another large distiller producing for you. And the problems that you had there is you didn't get great customer service. You know, you were kind of seen as, you know, we're not, we're, you know, we're selling extra capacity. Um, in other cases, it was kind of behind the scenes. You didn't really want to talk about it. In some cases, you were not allowed to talk about it. And we were the first to really embrace this kind of production and say, we want to do it. We want to be proud of it. We're going to put it out there. It's going to be about transparency. And everything now that we drive with our customers is full transparency access to the data in real time, chemistries. We just put in a system called Ignition that is used primarily in the food manufacturing business. It gives complete historian and transparency at every stage of the production. And the customer gets to watch it in real time. That's so kind of like- Really powerful. What, what is it? Is it Volkswagen or BMW? Somebody where like you, you buy a car, like you can, it, brand new, you can actually go to, go to Europe or Germany and actually like watch it as it's made it, down the line. It's essentially the same thing. They get a portal, they can watch their production, they can see their barrels in the warehouse. We just implemented it um, in this last uh, upgrade of the distillery when we just came off of shutdown uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Really, really neat uh, really neat software. I was about to say, I was like, is do people get like push notifications like an you, app? Like it's like it's Domino's you, delivery or you something? You do. That's what, really? I, that's oh what's, my God. So what's really crazy about it is it's extremely user-friendly. John Hargrove and Steve Nally can can a- can access the distillery from their phone at home. They can see it and they can control it. So Sierra Nevada, 
Coca-Cola, a number of, you know, very large companies are using this uh, platform. And it is amazing because the data that comes out of it and the control of the system and the transparency, it also feeds into your financial, you know, software. It's really, really powerful. Something that people like could totally geek out on. Yeah. So let's, let's keep going down this path because, you know, as a, as the business side of it, like what, what more value do you think that, that you get out of this by being able to give the power to to Steve and John and be able to, to to be able to do that. So it goes even one level beyond. So we're giving not only this power to Steve and John, but we're handing that power to our customer. And so that is really our partners in the collaborative distilling program. Never before have they been able to watch their production in real time. You're getting literally you're getting the chemistries on each fermenter in real time as it's taking place. You're able to see it. You're able to you know work with us if there's something that you know you see that's wrong or is out of line. You can make immediate changes, you know, to production. But that kind of transparency and that kind of data is really valuable for the consumer when they're used to an industry here. Again, when you talk about traditional contract whiskey production, you had no transparency. You had no data. You got what you got, and that was it. If you didn't like it, too bad. Um, and that was the attitude. You know, don't tell me how to make bourbon. I know how to make bourbon. Well, what if the customer doesn't like it? So we're going we're gonna to make it and we're going to get it exactly right under your specifications because you're our partner. That's what we do. And so it's, it's been very neat. When you talk about 40 different mash bills in one facility, most, you know, most, yeah, most facilities are one to five, maybe mm-hmm. um, two to three. So it's, uh, it's really neat what's happening in there. Now it's making me think of like, remember Willy Wonka and he was trying to put a candy bar like through the television. Yes. Now it's like if you could, <laughs> if you get whiskey, like just be like sample it through the app. Like exactly. you, could, you could get a part of that. Hey, if we could figure out how you could drink the <laughs> product out of your, uh, out of your smartphone, that would change social media advertising. It would, it would change that. It would, might be in a whole new business venture. Like, yes. let's just, oh yeah, let's just get out of this. We're going to do whiskey by the phone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, but it is, it is really neat. And then when you carry over what is taking place there, and then when we built the the restaurant and the bar here, when we invested tremendously in terms of bringing incredible talent here, we've got Chef um, Felix Mazza from the Greenbrier, Chef John Castro, who just joined us, who ran Sullivan's um, Culinary Institute in Louisville, incredible background. He is in charge of all of our culinary. Dan Calloway on our beverage team who ran DECA and built an incredible team. What happened is organically, they started working together with the distillery. And that is how we got here to our products. And so we're no, it's no longer just about one singular person making decisions about a product. It's about a team of experts, beverage, culinary, and distilling, creating these very unique blends um, and bringing lots of different perspectives and pushing innovation. And that's what I think of everything right now. That's one of the things that we're most proud and most excited about where we're headed there well, on our own brand. Yeah. Before we, before we touch on sure. these brands, because I think that's, that's going to be a, a very big part of this. Uh, talk about what it meant to actually like build Bottle and Bond Kitchen here, oh. because, you know, you think about Bardstown, there is something that is missing. Right. And there is, you can go to Mammy's. There's nothing wrong with Mammy's. Right. right. But like, there's, there's definitely that, that sort of like finer dining experience that was really missing. So what, why create this, this large, uh, you know, place where people can come and eat and have a really, really good meal rather than just like, Hey, we're going to serve sandwiches out of the back of a truck right. over here. Well, I'll tell you. So again, like everything, you know, I'd love to say that, you know, we had, you know, full clarity of this vision when we when we walked into this. But when, you know, when you get into the business and you start going, it's an evolutionary process. And so, for example, you know, with this, we like to say, you know, the distillery is our heart, you know, bottle and bond is the soul, you know, of us. And so um, it really kind of brings together everybody. But if you back up to 2017, you weren't allowed uh, under Kentucky law, late 2016, you weren't able to sell by the drink. So we worked with the state legislature. We got sell by the drink passed. We got vintage whiskey passed, and that changed everything. And we had not yet built this out at that point. So we stepped back and we said, now that we can sell, actually sell cocktails in the distillery, let's look at doing a full restaurant and full bar. And let's really complete this whole idea of the Napa Valley destination experience. Mm-hmm. And so like everything else here, we launched into it 
without having the history and the perspective of the industry. So we did something completely different. And we worked with the community and we built something that I think really remarkably balances the visitor on the trail coming in and the community member of Bardstown. And what do I mean by that? That's everything from food style to pricing, to having a place where people can come and just enjoy. It's not pretentious. It's a high level of style and service, but you can come in here. You can spend $30 for a bottle of wine. You can spend a thousand. You can have a $4 pour of whiskey. You can have a $2,500 pour of whiskey. You can come in and have a meal that is comparable in price to chilies, you know, and to Cracker Barrel, but you're getting fresh food, scratch made, local ingredients. And that's, that's the goal is to bring mm-hmm. everyone together. And it's worked. Yeah. It really has worked. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've dined here a few times and it's, it's always fun to, to do that. I mean, there's, you had mentioned, and I think that's, that's one of the things that I think Bardstown was really key and missing as well was, was having that sort of experience where you can have this sort of like elevated dining experience uh, where it is good. It's good food. I mean, and I'm from Louisville. We've got massive amount of restaurants around us and good places to eat. But like, yeah, Bardstown was really missing some of that, that key ingredient. They were, and the community is so supportive. And they are so proud of what we're doing out here. I know Ryan's going to kill me too because he's from Barstown. He's like, quit, <laughs> quit shitting on my hometown. No, no, and, but, you know, and it's great. And because, you know, we're very proud to be here. We've all moved here. We've moved, you know, probably 20 people here, you know, of our team that have come from all over the country here and settled here to build this great company. But, you know, what I, what I would say is we're creating what I would call and we call the modern bourbon experience. And what is that? It's no longer just about drinking bourbon, just straight all day long, going through a formulaic tour and tasting. When do you want to have these types of products? When do you want to enjoy them? A lot of times it's going to be over a great setting or a meal. You're going to want to have cocktails. You're going to be sitting outside. You're going to want to enjoy them along with a great culinary experience because that's that's a lot about, you know, the the fun of, of having great, high-quality alcohol products. And so it's not about overconsumption. It's about good, responsible consumption of better products. And so, um, and that's where the trends are going. And people want to see, they want to know everything about their products. They want to know where they're from. They want an experience. And that's what you get here. And that's what this is. So let's talk more about the business side here, because I think uh, you, you bring up something relatively, like a good point about finding and moving 20 people here, at least 20 people and finding the right kind of staff kind of talk about like how that search really went. Uh, and you know, we, John and Steve, like they're great guys. We know them, like they've been in the industry for, for a while, but like talk about everything else that, that goes into this from the marketing, the promotional, the, the restaurant, everything like that to, to find the right staff and really what it takes to to look outside of just the local area of Bardstown. Yeah, too. I mean, I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, the, the story of this company is the story of the people that have come together here to build this. You know, you have all this fancy equipment, you know, all this great furniture, but it's, it is the people and the culture and what we have created here. And it starts from the top at my level and it goes all the way on down. And we have focused on building the best team from the day that we got here. And we knew, you know, myself, Garnett Black, who was our executive vice president of hospitality, Dan Lind, our CFO and COO, uh, our chairman, Peter Lofton, you know, we had to, we had to make sure we were here. And so we moved here and we started the company. But when you get into each piece, you know, every piece is different. So in the restaurant, for example, we have a program with the State Department, J-1 program. Where we bring in 20 culinary students from South Africa, India, and the Philippines. We house them in four different locations. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, we provide transportation, educational program. They stay with us a year. Amazing program. We're in our second class now uh, of students because the culinary talent is just not here locally. We then supplement that, too, with as much as we can get from the community. You know, our beverage team comes from all over. Many of them move from Louisville, um, from some of the best places there. But we try to recruit the best people we can and um, and show them what the opportunity is here and to be part of something really exciting. Yeah. We've done that across every aspect of the business. So you have to make those investments and you have to invest in the people and create the right culture in order to do what we're doing. 
That's in our opinion. Is the is the mayor of Bardstown shaking your hand yet? Like, <laughs> like thank you for bringing in more people and business. You know, we're at about in. 120 employees. Um, we've had very, very fast growth. We're hiring at least another 20 more here um, in the next couple of weeks. We're opening the visitor's experience here. We're just a, a couple weeks away from that. The warehouse bar. We have a second kitchen that has just gone in that's triple the size of this that's going to be covering our, all of our catering you wow. know, and event opportunities here. So there's, you know, there is so much and a lot of hiring. We work closely with the city. We work closely with economic development. We work closely with the Chamber of Commerce in both Louisville and in Nelson County to really help attract um, the folks. And uh, we're very invested in it. And we think ultimately all of this investment, you look at Heaven Hill, $65 million facility down the street, you've got uh, $2.3 billion over the next eight to 10 years in investment projects in Bourbon, for a lot of it hospitality. Mm -hmm. It's coming. We're going to attract the talent here. It's going to be great for the state and it's going to be great for the community. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's no shortage of the money that's getting pumped into this. And, and it sounds like you all, I mean, as, as like, you know, starting this business and starting another business, I know that it's hard to sit there and be like, all right, we're not going to see return for a little bit. Let's keep pumping money into it until we, we start, you know, figuring out, finding our groove. So like, where do you all see the end of like, the investing into the business oh, until you can sit back? I mean, I don't think you, I mean, any good business, um, you're never stopping the investment. I mean, especially when you're doing something, you know, uh, as, you know, innovative like we are in, in cutting edge, you're constantly pushing the boundaries here. Um, and I think that's one of the things that really is exciting is we've got a very nimble team. We can move quickly. We see opportunities. We go after them, whether they're on, you know, on all of this, even just down to the brand side, pushing innovation, creating very interesting collaborations, testing, trying, not everything works. <laughs> but you've got to be bold enough to give everybody, especially the folks on your team, the freedom to run um, and to, you know, you have a good vision set out. You've got good people. You've got a nice structure and you give people the freedom to create and you have the right folks on board. Um, these amazing things can happen. And that's how we've done this in three years. And that's the story of it. Well, it seems it, from, from, you know, from your level, that you're giving them the the freedom and flexibility to go and and try things, right? Because it's it's tough to be able to say like, hey, let's go experiment, let's do these things when we know that we've got to we've got to do a lot of things right to be able to make sure that we are we're pushing the boundary. Our first things out there are going to be home runs, stuff like that too. I mean, it's 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 hard to have that experimental mentality. Well, it's it's like a lot of things. I mean, you you can overthink things. Um, and you know, you can overtest things, but the real test doesn't come until you put it in front of the consumer. So you can plan, 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 test, tweak, but until you take this and you stick it in front of the consumer and you find out, do they like this? Do, do they love the fact that we have complete transparency on the label? How are they going to react to that? Well, the consumer really likes it. Are you going to like these unique finishings where we're taking different companies and we're pushing the envelope on some of these types of finishings with bourbon? Um, you don't know until you put them out there. But I think one of the most interesting things is having bottle and bond kitchen and bar in the middle of the facility is like having a laboratory with the consumer. So every day we're experimenting and we're getting direct feedback. So it's new. this is like our focus group test. Mm -hmm. You create it, you put what it out there. What better way to do it, right? That's it. I mean, you're right here. You have, you know, you have an audience that comes in here every single day from all over the world and we're able to try with them lots of different things. We're able to get feedback. We're able to test. So we're getting it in real time from consumers. And it's a, it's a, another very interesting component of the business that you wouldn't necessarily think about, you know, how you would use that when you first coming up with the idea. So thinking of ideas and, and kind of rolling back and I can't even remember everything we talked about back on episode 19 or so <laughs> long ago, but kind of what was, what was the idea of, of you even wanting to get into this and well, wanting to do this? Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it uh, a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner 
that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. You can get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. What was what was the idea of, of you even wanting to get into this and well, wanting to do this? You know, we had been in the spirits business before, um, and we had a vodka company in the early 2000s, and we learned a lot about— Who's we, by the way? Myself, um, Dan Lind, who's our CFO and COO, and um, Garnett Black, who is our executive vice president mm-hmm. of hospitality. We had started this vodka company, and, you know, we— we uh, sold that in 2009 and we stayed in the business and we worked, we did a lot of work with uh, lots of different companies um, in the spirit space. And we connected over that period of time with our chairman and main investor in the company, Peter Lofton. And we all, you know, sat down and we had this vision for creating something in bourbon. We saw where the market was going and we wanted to do something. And at, at the time, it wasn't necessarily this. We didn't come here with this exact vision in mind. We had another idea. And as we all got into it together, that changed from that to here. And it continually evolved as we learned more and we saw more every year, every year, every month. As I say. That the business changed. And everything from standing over there when the when the city was showing us property right across the road, a small parcel, to turning over, looking across here and seeing the hundred acres, you know, and saying, you know what, we can see where this is headed. This the Napa Valley style destination experience, you know, begins that you plant begin to plant the seed, and so nothing happens immediately overnight. It's it was evolutionary. Mm-hmm. And so you, you you had the idea. Let's get into the bourbon. Let's do this. I, I guess kind of talk us through those those days too of of dealing with the city, um, of you know, were there permits? Were they like, hey, was this was this like you saw this place and said yeah? Or I mean, how many other <laughs> how many other like locations were you well, scouting funny. too? I'll first tell you, the city leadership um, was and is not only extremely supportive; they're one of our greatest allies. Um, just in the, in, you know, in building our business, it's very important to make sure you have a great relationship there. Kim Houston, who heads economic development, our current, our current mayor, uh, judge and judge, uh, Dean Watts, who is a county judge executive, um, and Bill Shekels, who was the former mayor at that time, all so, um, so supportive. But the funny story is initially they didn't want to sell us this property. They had it, um, they had it, uh, you know, slotted or thought out for a different business, you know, and when you have an unknown entity coming in and wanting to buy a hundred acres of your best city property, you know, they're not always so sure. Right? You're, you're, we're making all sorts of promises. And like a lot of communities across the country, they get burned with these. You know, people come in, they make promises, they don't deliver, they buy things, and it doesn't materialize. So there's a lot of trust and a lot of faith that goes on. And I think that's one of the things that I am and we are as a team most proud of is we have over-delivered here in Bardstown, and we've been able to do it with their support. It has been a team effort across the board with the state, with local government, um, and with the community members. We named, we named the company after the town. I mean, we really believe in this place, and we believe in where it's going. Yeah. So I know you're dying to talk about these collaborations. So let's <laughs> so let's 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 talk about. I will. We'll talk. We can cover this. We can cover any subject you want to cover. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, you you got a, you got a lot of knowledge on the business side of it. I know it's it's not a 
it's not an easy feat to sit here and think like, okay, let's let's dive head in. Like, let's really go all in on this and 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 you know, really, I mean, let's be honest. Like, you look around here, there's not you 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 hit the nail on the head, a modern type of operation. There's no there's no corners that have been cut here. There's heavy, heavy dollar investment. And and I think, you know, and, and me personally, I really want this all to succeed too, because there's uh it's a different kind of experience than what you see really anywhere else on the trail. You know, and this is the funny thing, Kenny, is yes, there was a very significant investment made here and there has been and there has been over time. But when you compare this investment with other similarly situated companies, we spent a fraction of what they spent. And that is a tremendous testament to our all local construction team, Busa Construction, that has been with us for six years. And so I still conduct the same construction team meeting at 9 a.m. every Wednesday morning. And we've done it for six years with the same team that has built everything on this site and we'll be building everything else. And so it's a small team. We're nimble. We make decisions immediately versus bringing in huge construction companies and giant engineering firms and architecture firms. And nobody's really understanding the business or distilling. And, you know, you get into spending a tremendous amount of money. It goes over, you know, it goes over budget. It goes over time. We have done this again for a fraction of what others have spent. And that's really an untold portion of the story. We couldn't have done this without Busick Construction and that team. Tell more of the story then, because I mean, that's, it seems, that's, that's really, that's interesting, right? Because, well, I mean, A, I guess on the other side of it too, is, is you do get some more of that upfront capital because you can kind of pre-sell some of this sort of stuff, the contract, distilling, the barrels and everything like that beforehand. Uh, it's not like, me, if I wanted to build this over again, I would have to be like, oh, well, I got to wait five, six years until I have a product ready. You can spend a lot of money creating a distillery and especially one of this size. I mean, we are now, you know, but we did, look, we did it. And I think we did it very smartly in terms of we built, we did it so we had a modular expansion so we could go from 25,000 to 50,000, 130,000 barrels. We just didn't expect to do it in two and a half years. <laughs> that, was, um, that was more like the five to 10 year plan. Exactly. Originally. Um, but, you know, so, but the ability to make those changes to say, okay, we're going to expand now. And now we're going to expand again. And we're going to, at the same time, we're going to build a restaurant and a bar. And, oh, wait a minute, before we're done doing that, we're going to start the visitor center and we're going to start bottling. And that is only because we have this relationship with the construction team that lives with us. It's effectively an in-house construction team. We want to build something, it gets built. We have a problem, it gets fixed. You know, we're able to do that. Now it's a blessing and a curse. You want to build something, it's like all of a sudden you start building something. But um, it is fun. Like the bocce ball court out there, you know, that showed up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That was just, that was uh, Dan Calloway's idea. And then now we have a professional bocce ball court. You know, the construction <laughs> team goes out there and builds it overnight. Um, so, it's fun. It's, it's great. Also, it's also good for no, like it's em, great. Em, like employee satisfaction and stuff like that too, right? Like let's let's go let's go have lunch, play a game of bocce, we'll go have a few meetings. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and it, that's right. No, so it is. Um, but it is, it, it is a very important part of the story of how we develop this so quickly. Because if you tried to do it with big conventional. Um, construction firms, it would be extremely hard. It'd take a long time and it would cost a lot of money. And, you know, I won't, you know, point to examples, but you can find them out there in this industry where you have, you know, seen those problems. So talk about as well as, um, you know, I guess, again, business side, what do you do to like have employee retention, right? Because this is, this is an industry that uh, most of the time people look at account managers, they look at uh, marketing professionals, they look at, um, you know, you have your culinary side of things that it's a lot of turnover in, in some of this industry. What do you do to help keep that employee retention and make this a, a, a positive working environment? So we do a tremendous amount there. And a lot of that work is led by Garnett Black, who runs, is our executive vice president of hospitality, but she also is our head of HR and our HR team here. That starts with the culture and it starts with day one. You know, we created our mission, vision, and values with our employees. We wrote them together. They participated in writing the employee guidelines with us. 
you know, they, we give them, we did it, all of this together. Every employee, the first 18 barrels that rolled off the line at this company went to the employees. You know, most people sell, most companies sell those for a lot of money. They went to the employees. Every employee that starts here we'll gets, a, in whiskey. gets a barrel of bourbon, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's everything from, you know, the way you recognize, the right way you reward, you know, and the type, the type of culture we create by bringing people's families together here too. And so, you know, we look at, we emphasize all of those things and that there's appropriate work-life balance um, and that we support the community and, you know, the charities and the organizations that the employees care about. So there are multiple different levels to this. Um, and in a company that is growing so quickly, we, I think we spend a very significant amount of time focused on culture um, and, it, and it's important. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, because I come from a tech background. I know most listeners know already. And and so I, I venture out to Palo Alto in the Valley very often and I get to see the the ping pong tables and the arcade machines and the, the puzzle room and all this other kind of stuff that most companies around here would be like, well, flabbergasted at, right? Right. But you all built a bocce ball court, right? right? So yeah. you, you, you're, right. you're trying to create a culture that uh, makes you feel like you really want to be here, uh, that it really helps, um, as I said, helps the employee retention, but really helps create that sort of like positive environment that you feel good about coming here every, right. every day. That's exactly right. And that's what we try very hard to do. And, you know, you're running, you know, very different businesses too. You have the distilling side of the business, which is very different from the restaurant and the bar, which is different from the visitor's experience, which is different from brand sales and marketing with our team that's out there in the marketplace now. You know, we're building, we're, we'll be in six states with the product by the end of the year. And that is an entirely different business and architecture and one of the most important pieces of the business. And we have just this year now ventured into that. It's actually the, the part of the business that we know the best, ironically, because that was the business business we were in before. Um, we did a lot right. We did a lot wrong there, but we learned a tremendous amount. And it's one of the most exciting, you know, one of the areas I am certainly most excited about with where we're headed is the brand. All right. Let's talk about the brand. Okay. We'll talk about the I brand. Know, I've been, no, I've been no, taking no, off the rails listen, here okay. and there. There's and there. a lot going on here. It, well, it really is. And it's, it's fascinating to talk about. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to do well, a we repeat can keep of this going. We'll do this and we can keep talking. Let's, to let's it, not wait 200 episodes to do, right. to do another exactly. interview. Here. Come back here. <laughs> it's going to be a different place a year from now. So as it is six months from now. So, so talk about, um, you know, the first three expressions that you all have put out, um, what did it take for the collaboration side of this to really make it happen? And I should mention that you also, you, there was, um, the, the collaboration series mm -hmm. that kind of came out in this like square bottle. Yes. Uh, I think about a year or so ago Correct. as well. And we have, like, I think like one case of that left. Um, but that w that sparked an idea. And so I'll, I'll tick back to that, but just to start, this is, this is the Bardstown bourbon company that you see in front of you. This is our, brand format. So that this style bottle, you know, and label uh, this modern presentation of a cohesive brand. And I think the challenge that you have with any young whiskey or bourbon company is how do you create and begin to create a brand when you're whiskey that you're making here is still maturing in the warehouse and takes some time to mature. We don't cut corners. We don't plan on putting anything out that is young. We made a very early decision that we weren't going to put out a six-month rye and a one-year-old rye, that we were really going to wait and we were going to put it out when things were ready because we're not under a rush. But in the meantime... We want to do, we want to create really exciting things. So what's happening? What are the trends in the industry? Where are things going? Blending. Blending is a very exciting trend. It started in Scotch. It's been going on for a long, long time, but it really is becoming, you know, more prominent now in bourbon. We want to be great at that. And what's unique about it? We got a distilling team, a beverage team, and a culinary team that are now all different flavor experts in cocktail team, is looking at, I mean, a beverage team's looking at for cocktail balance, culinary team's looking at for pairings, distilling team is work, looking at traditional methods, and they're blending for those reasons. So, as we began to get into it, how do we bridge that gap? Well, we start with, you know, a couple of different expressions. Fusion, our fusion series, tells the story of our blending capability, but begins to introduce our young bourbon in with a fully mature or older bourbon, and we put it all on the label. So we have 
60% of this is two-year-old bourbon. One is a 20% wheat. One is a 36% rye blended with a 11 and a half-year-old Kentucky. So it's a Kentucky straight bourbon. And what you get is these bright notes from the younger bourbon with kind of the heavier, you know, the notes from the older bourbon. And it makes a very complex blend where you would get much more of just a uniform product if you had just the 11 and a half-year-old. Here you're putting these really neat notes in. We went this process, we went through 50 blind tastings with the distilling team, the culinary team, and the beverage team to arrive at this unique blend. It's series one because it's going to adapt. Next year, it's 60-40. Maybe several months from now, it'll be 70-30, then 80-20. But you get to really kind of see how this is going to change as we move to our fully mature product. Mm -hmm. Then Discovery Series. Discovery is our series that just is about making phenomenal blends using whiskey and bourbon that we didn't produce ourselves. So Discovery Series 1 is a blend of four Kentucky straight bourbons, the core of it being 11 and a half year old, but you've got some, you know, sprinkled in 13 year old, 10 year old, and five year old. And again, went through the same process with the three teams blending. And instead of having one singular product, they're adding these like, it's like little notes, like little spice notes into the blend so that you're getting something much more complex. And it's really neat. Again, went through multiple blind tastings with those teams to arrive at this. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, and that's what I think is uh, what you're starting to find that a lot more prominent now is, is being able to get these, these, these older bourbons and then do this blending. And, and there's going to be varied amounts of, the type of one product, uh, the proof of another product, and really you're, you're not going to find the same thing everywhere you go when you do this as well. And it really makes it fun because the consumer is looking for interesting things. The consumer is open to innovation, which is where the collaborative series comes in and you go back to the square bottle. So that idea started over dinner with Joe Heron from Copper and Kings. And I was sitting with him and we said, Let's, why don't we just start? This was three, four years ago, let's just start making some neat stuff. We had this glass. We actually owned inventories of 10 and a half year old MGP Indiana bourbon, 21% rye. So we took Muscat Mistel barrels and we finished, selected the bourbon, finished this bourbon in the Muscat Mistel barrels for 18 months. We did the same with American brandy. It was a remarkable product. And it sparked this idea of, why don't we create a series, very limited edition, that tell the story of two great companies working together to produce a really unique product. So then we did the Pfeiffer-Pavitt Reserve with Suzanne Pfeiffer-Pavitt, great winemaker out of Napa Valley, 18-month finish in her Napa Valley cab barrels. 18 months is quite a, quite a long Huge. time. I mean, usually you, you hear about finishing, it's, it's like two to, two to three months, maybe, maybe a few six. weeks. Yeah. We, we're doing 18-month finish on every one of our products at a minimum. And it's a major investment, but you see a remarkable difference. You know, some people will say, oh, you know, the product's done. It's going to turn. We have never seen that yet. And, I, you know, Joe Heron is a huge, uh, you know, believer in this too. Just keep waiting. And so we have 10 more of these products projects coming out. We've got three more with Copper and Kings. We have a really neat wine one coming out in the beginning of next year with Prisoner Wine. So fabulous. That's been, that has been finishing now over 16 months. We have Great Armagnac House, a really neat rum one. Again, where you That'd tell the whole story of the two companies working together. And so these remarkably long finishes produce exceptional products. We actually go one step further too. We make sure that there is no degradation in the underlying quality of the wine or spirit. So for example, our wine casks, we ship on refrigerated trucking across the country. They never sit out in the heat, not even for a second. They come off the truck, they're filled. And so you prevent all degradation. So tremendous care in making them. I was about to say, I was like, that's a that's a investment right there. Just I mean, I know what it takes to ship a barrel, you know, across uh yeah. across some state lines and what everything like that. But now to put it in a refrigerated truck, you're yeah, it's a it's a lot more expensive. But at the end of the day, you know, our goal is to create exceptional products because if you make really good quality things you're going to do great. I mean, that is, we just firmly believe that. You know, if you go take the extra steps to make an exceptional product with a really deep, authentic story, um, you know, that's what consumer, that's what many consumers are looking for these days. And we see it every day. Absolutely. And so, I mean, it's it's good to see that this is where the brand's heading. You're doing a lot of good things here too. 
when do you start seeing, because um, granted, I know you contract with a lot of stuff, yep. but you're also distilling for yourself. Oh yeah, it's a lot. Right. Oh yeah, a lot for yourself. So what's the what's the next phase of uh, you know taking fusion yep. to its its own? Sort so you'll of thing? see, yeah, you'll see that fusion blend change, you know, multiple times. And then what you're really looking at is about 2022, when our whiskey and bourbon is you know really hitting that you know about five to six year sweet spot. That's when you're going to start seeing it. And so you'll see rye and different bourbon mash bills. We've been doing a lot with malt whiskey. Um, we have a lot of experimentation taking place too. So uh, I think there's a lot of exciting things. Everything also, you know, we're going to be launching a single barrel program here shortly for the public and for retailers, which is different because, because we do 40 different mash bills and we create so many different things. You're not limited as a consumer. You're going to come into our new barrel, our new. Say, it's going to be quite the uh, quite oh, the experience. And like, I don't know if we'll be able to make it through all these mash yeah, bills. Exactly. So you go to the Rick House Bar here, which is beautiful. I, you know, I think we're going to take you out and see all these things today. But that structure, you have all glass looking into the warehouse. It's all lit. Beautiful setting, an intimate bar, and we're going to be able to provide the consumer, the retailer, with five, six different selections, different mash bills, you'll be able to try those barrels. You'll be able to secure them now. You'll wait several years. We'll bottle them for you. Um, and, you know, you have a very different single barrel, you know, pick program where you're not just limited to one type. Let's do a whole array of different things. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going to be impressive when that when that comes around yeah. because- It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, t- sign me up. We'll, we'll take a barrel. It's great. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 cool because there's there's definitely room of what you all are doing and pushing the envelope, not only just in regards of the whiskey production, the kitchen, the single barrel program. And one thing we even talked about was uh, the vintage whiskey you all are doing as well. Like that's a that's a part have, of what you is, do here too. It is so exciting, and as part of the new uh, visitors' experience, we have a whiskey library that we have built. It's a little secret hidden library back there. You can do dinner for up to 10 people in it. And we're, that's where we display and showcase our 400 bottles of vintage whiskey that date back to the late 1800s. We secured that and curated the collection with Fred Minnick. Um, it's all for sale by the poor. And it is, we built the, pro, we built that. A collection based on stories. And we didn't, it wasn't based on volume. It was based on what are some really hard to get, very unique products that tell great stories. And so some of the, some of them back there are absolutely incredible. Um, and they further the whole discussion about whiskey and bourbon. So you come here and again, we carry everything, but you have discussions like why is, you know, the old Crow chess set considered one of the best whiskeys made? Why is this 1929 Seagram's Canadian bourbon, which we have, which was before, you know, the the uh, statute went into place. Why was that at eight years old so unbelievably rich? Um, why are some of these products so terrible? Yeah, you know, that's, that's right. That's uh, that's that's one funny thing about yeah, Dusty's. Exactly. Like you taste stuff and you're like, right. well, that was yeah, that, that was horrible. Very good. <laughs> and you know, and so, but it, it starts a conversation, and um, and that's what this is all about. You know, that's what I mean. The enjoyment of whiskey and bourbon and all of these things is all about a conversation. It's all about an experience. It's all about trying things, sharing things, talking about them, and that is at the core of who we are and what this place is about. All we want all those conversations about all different things happening in here. It's not just about one brand or just about our brand. Our brand's great and we will put it against anything. But there are also other wonderful producers out there and it's a big community. And we want all those discussions taking place in here. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And you know, as we kind of wrap this up and start thinking about really what's on the horizon for you, like on the business side, like where do you where do you kind of want to see this here? I mean shit, you already talked about, hey, we're expanding every six months, but like, do you want to stop expanding? Like, is there, is there a time when you're like, hey, like, all right, let's, let's pump the brakes well, on this for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing the expansion is, um, we're, we're not anticipating further expansion in the distillery. So our, now our focus, we have, you know, upgrading, yes, improving our capabilities always, but we are now focused on building the brand, building the visitor's experience and the elements around that, including bottling and the hotel. And so those are things that we are looking at right now. Um, and we're really excited about that's what's on the horizon and making this a fully, not only a fully integrated production entity from, you know, from whiskey production to storage to bottling, but also on the, vin- on the visitor's experience side, from restaurant to bar to lodging to being able to stay here in the heart of the bourbon capital of the world 
and make this a full destination experience. Am I going to be able to use my Marriott rewards points here? You know, I don't win on that yet. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll leave it on that. You know, David, I want to say thank you again for for, for coming on. You know, like I said, for, for Ryan and myself, I know Ryan's not here, but we always like to hear, you know, we can always talk about like, oh, we can do this many barrels a day, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, hearing it from a, a business aspect, I think is one, one crucial component that, I think a lot of people need to understand as we start getting this and and you you really talked about it earlier about how you create the culture and the culture is what builds uh everything around it right. at that point and and really what ultimately makes any venture successful. Yeah, that's right. And I look and I want to congratulate you guys because your growth has been as significant as ours and you know up to 200 podcasts now. I um, mean it's incredible and you guys are the leading and if you know for those of you who are out there, I mean Kenny and his team, they are the leading bourbon podcast um, out there period. And so sign up, listen to it. We encourage it and we love what they're doing and spreading the word here and helping educate everybody about what's happening in this industry. So congratulations to you. Well, thank you, David. I, I didn't appreciate that. I mean, I always like a good pat on the shoulder. <laughs> it's so, true. Yeah, it's great. It's, great. A, it's wonderful to see that, you know, Rising Tides is lifting all boats across all of this. And, you know, we're all part of this, you know, bourbon journey together. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we're going to be a part of it with you and, and we're going to be excited to kind of see where this is going to go here in the next year or two. So I'm uh, going to be happy to see that. So before we kind of close up, uh, if people want to give them the address, where can they find it? I know you can type in Bardstown Bourbon Company yeah, in Google Maps. But Bardstownbourbon.com, you know, uh, our website. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook. Check, check us out. Um, follow us. Uh, we've got a lot going on, particularly on Instagram. We've got an IGTV um, show that's going to be launching here shortly too. So we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff in here and, and broadcasting to the world what's going on in this facility, you know, in real time. That's what we need to do. We need to get the... Get the bourbon audience, continue That's to grow right. them and really That's capture, right. capture that mind share. So make sure you follow them. Make sure you follow us, Bourbon Pursuit, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you like what you hear, consider supporting us, patreon.com slash bourbon pursuit. And if you have any other ideas, ideas for shows, more sides of the business, more sides of distilling, a brand you want to know about, whatever it is, send us an email, team at bourbonpursuit.com. So David, thank you once again for joining us. My pleasure. And we'll see everybody next week. 